0: The Hard Shoulder on Talk with Nissan subscribe and drive. No deposit, no compromise, no fuss. Find out more at Nissan.ie Now, you're listening to The Hard Shoulder and for our weekly On The Couch health advice chat. Uh, today, I'm joined by Professor Joseph queeley who's a consultant, trauma and orthopaedic surgeon at the Beacon Hospital. Professor Quigley, um, thank you for joining us on... Um, News Talk, your area of expertise includes hip, and uh, that's what we're going to focus on today hip replacements. So, question number one when your doctor tells you that you need a hip replacement, what's actually going to be put into your body and what's going to be taken out?
1: Uh, thanks for having me on, firstly, I'm Mark. So, essentially, hip replacement <coughs> surgery is a procedure where we, uh, when, hip, when a patient's hip joint is no longer working properly, typically due to uh, osteoarthritis. Where the smooth cartilage lining of the joint is worn away. This causes pain, uh, stiffness, and reduced ability to walk. Uh, and then with the hip replacement, what we do essentially is the patient's damaged joint is removed, and a, a, an implant or artificial joint, which does the same thing as your own hip replacement, is uh, implanted. Uh, and this essentially allows pain free hip uh, movement and a return to quality of life and getting back to walking, uh, gardening.
0: Golfing uh, and uh, and etc. Okay, well no, there's there's a lot of moving parts here, right? There's the hip, which is is part of uh, the the pelvis, right? There's a a, a hole, a socket, uh, yeah. that a ball joint goes into. So um, could that be removed? I'm assuming the the uh, ball would be removed, and also part of the leg bone that that ball is attached to. So it Correct. could be, so what's the smallest hip replacement and then what's the largest uh, that's being done by conventional medicine at the
1: moment? Yeah, so there's, there's many different types of uh, hip replacements, but the, uh, the basic concept is that the ball and socket part, at the very least, uh, is removed. And the socket part of the, uh, your hip joint is a cup-shaped, cup-shaped cavity in the pelvis. Mm-hmm. And the ball part is the top of the, uh, it's the, uh, top of the thigh bone. Uh, typically during hip replacement uh both the uh, socket is removed and a new socket is put in consisting of metal. Uh and uh, on the uh, thigh bone side of things the ball part is removed uh and a stem is placed into the uh thigh bone with a with a with a ball at the top of it that uh articulates with the uh with the cup in your, uh, in your pelvis. Okay.
0: Uh, is this a, a, a last resort procedure? I mean, are there other things that you can and would do uh, before you would do a hip replacement?
1: Yeah, in general, it is an option of, of last resort. Uh, you know, for most patients who have osteoarthritis, their symptoms start off quite mild, where they just have uh, pain every now and then. It doesn't affect them at night time or their ability to walk a reasonable distance or do activities that they wish to do. And the treatment at that stage really is just uh, painkillers, uh, physiotherapy, uh, maintaining a healthy weight uh, uh, and, uh, and you know, seeing how things evolve. Over time, as the symptoms uh, get more severe, uh, and unfortunately we don't really have a cure for, for stopping the progression of, of, uh, of, uh, of osteoarthritis, but as the symptoms get to the point where you have constant pain, uh, keeps you awake at night time, and you can't uh, walk a reasonable distance and do the activities that you wish to do, then we enter into the realm of uh, of uh, requiring a um, a hip replacement.
0: Okay, uh, we've heard a lot, um, usually associated with uh, with sports stars, um, about um, hip resurfacing and stuff like that. Is, is that now um, uh, one of your go-to treatments before a hip replacement, or is that very
1: specialised? So hip resurfacing is an option for some patients. Uh, quite recently, Tim Henman, the British uh, tennis player, had uh, Andy Murray, had a, isn't it? Oh, sorry, Andy Murray. Yeah. Andy Murray had a hip replacement, uh, and or, or, or a resurfacing, and uh, he it's you know it's suitable for a small uh, select group of uh, patients. Mm. Uh, the difficulty with the initial uh, attempt at hip resurfacing was that he used a metal-on-metal uh, bearing, uh, which uh, can sometimes uh, you know um, uh, prove to be have an unpredictable outcome. Mm. So okay. it's it's really reserved now more for a very select group of okay. probably younger patients, and it's uh, something that most of us would be would be would not be offering as a, uh, as the first option. So for, very fit for young, younger patients.
0: people. Uh, you you mentioned material there, uh, metal on metal. Speaking of which, um um, what what kinds of material are used in uh, in hip replacements, and does it actually matter uh, which material you choose or opt for?
1: Uh, yeah, so the the, the kind of one of the key materials really is the bearing that's where the wear takes place. That's where the the ball and the socket part of the uh, hip replacement. And a lot of work has been done uh, uh, really to try and improve that bearing to make the uh, materials as hard and as wear resistant as possible so that the hip lasts for as long as possible and doesn't wear out. And typically what we use, uh, uh, the options are to use uh, a highly specialized form of uh, plastic uh, or a ceramic uh, type of Metal uh, bearing in the uh, in the bearing, and it could be a combination of ceramic and plastic, or ceramic and ceramic, depending on different uh, situations. But the you know the aim of modern uh, bearings really is to is to try and prolong the the life of the hip replacement for mm. as long as uh, as long as possible.
0: When you introduce a foreign body into the human body like that, uh, our immune systems go you know I- intruder alert and they attack. Do, does the kind of material you use for the replacement? decide what level of, uh, of, a, of immune system response you get or d- does it react to the, the metal, the ceramic and the plastic in the same way? Uh,
1: so in general, the uh, materials are what we call mostly biologically uh, inert. So the body doesn't really react uh, too badly to the materials, thankfully. Uh, in a small subset of cases, the, uh, your body can re- just uh, as it would react to any foreign body and it can, uh, it can cause a loosening around the implant okay. uh, over time. The implant, instead of being well fixed or well anchored into the uh, into the into the pelvic bone or the thigh bone, can loosen over time, and the chances of that really are reasonably low. That's you know the risk of that is probably about five percent over about ten years. It's a loosening rate after a. after a uh, hip replacement
0: Okay still it's 1 in 20 um, um, in, in all your years of practice uh, how has uh, or have hip replacements um, um, and hip replacement surgery evolved has it changed dramatically from say when you started practicing first
1: uh, so, so I think it's a very common operation and you know there's been a huge uh, effort to try and innovate uh, further even though it is already very successful but the two ways that, that has changed really is it's what we put in uh, and I've kind of I, I've you know, I've just discussed that really in terms of the bearings, and that's been designed to you know to try and prolong your life, the life of the hip replacement. Uh, the second way that uh, hip replacement surgery is, has changed is how we put them in. And probably the major uh, change has been in uh, the, uh, how we look after patients at the time of surgery, and we're now uh, we've now got very good at doing everything to make sure that patients can recover as quick as possible and get back to walking as quick as possible. Uh, sometimes within a few hours. Of the uh, surgery uh, itself, we, you know, we've with a lot of different uh, uh, strategies that we use. One is uh, is uh, different types of uh, painkillers uh, that have very little side effects. Uh, so we avoid morphine or opioid-based uh, painkillers, which can give some nausea and uh, drowsiness, and uh, and we use other uh, painkillers that have uh, less side effects, which means that uh, people feel better after their hip replacement. And want and want and are able to start walking uh, sooner.
0: Okay, but but your 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 overarching guiding principle is get people back on their feet as quickly as possible.
1: Correct. So the, yes, that, that's that, that's the aim, and that's to avoid complications associated with, with you know with not with not getting back on your feet quickly, such as chest infections and uh, and uh, blood clots and uh, etc. And in general, people now expect and want to get back to. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, walking, get back to work, get back to other activities uh, as quickly uh, as possible. And uh, apart from the pain, and con- the, uh, the pain, uh, improved pain management. We also use uh, drugs doing s- surgery to minimise uh, bleeding. And we now use surgical approaches that minimise damage and injury to muscle uh, at the time of hip replacement. So that everything combined together means that patients are able to uh, to start walking uh, uh, sooner.
0: Okay, uh, you're listening to uh, News Talk. It's the Hard Shoulder and uh, this is our weekly On the Couch Health Advice chat. And today I'm talking to Professor Joseph Queedy, who's a consultant, trauma and orthopaedic surgeon at the Beacon Hospital. And we're talking about hip replacements. Professor, what kind of age profile uh, would you be seeing? Is is it getting younger or are hip uh, problems and hip replacements still very much the preserve of uh, the older uh, among us?
1: Uh, So there certainly would be uh, the the most... Most hip replacements are carried out in patients uh, aged 65 years or older. Uh, there's about 6,000 uh, uh, hip replacements carried out in Ireland every year, probably about a half a million in the U.S. Uh, on a different scale. And uh, what, what we're starting to see is that as our population ages, there's probably going to be about a 40% increase in, um, in the amount of hip replacements that we do over the next 20 to 30 years. So I think it will be... Uh, it still, would be you know an operation that's predominantly uh, 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 um, used for mm-hmm. uh, for older patients. And but again, as, as
0: sorry, sorry to cut across you, but but as as you know, we're fitter, we're healthier, our nutrition is better, we're exercising better, and we're exercising more. So, would would that upper age um, get pushed a little higher? Do you think, or should it? Uh,
1: so it, it can do, and it all depends on uh, you know, apart from the patient's age, it depends on many other factors, such as, such as what medical problems they may have you know, what need they have in terms of their of their, uh, of their their hip in mm. terms of, you know, how much walking and how, and how much mobility they need.
0: And of course, Which what kind of a job they had and maybe how much sport they played will obviously uh, add to the wear and tear too, of course, won't it?
1: That, yeah, that would impact. We also do hip replacements for, you know, older patients and much older patients who have hip, who have hip fractures. Uh, uh, and again, you know, it, the aim is the same. It's mm. to try and get patients back walking and uh, mobilising. Right, those, how, uh, how um,
0: typically how long will a hip, hip replacement last?
1: So the uh, the average time for hip replacement will be somewhere between one hour to uh, to uh, to one and a half hours.
0: That's the procedure. Now I'm actually talking about the uh, the device itself once it's uh, it's uh, it's it's placed in or put in.
1: Sure. So the uh, so the uh, there's, there's some good recent data on that. There's a recent paper in the Lancet Medical Journal that looked at uh, that looked at um, a lot of at 14,000 hip replacements. And they found that at 25 uh, years 58 percent of patients can, uh, can expect to have their hip replacement uh, still in place. I would, I would say to patients that they could expect uh, that 90 percent or 95 percent of patients could expect their hip replacement to be in place at, uh, at 10 years. So they're, they're the average average figures.
0: Okay, but if you have them say on average at the age of 65, that, that means you might need one again when you're 75.
1: Correct. so you may need uh, what we call a revision hip replacement and that's where uh, where the initial hip replacement has failed for uh, for some re- for some reason either the loosening problem that i mentioned earlier or possibly infection or you may have a fracture around your hip replacement uh, and then what has to, you know what has to be done is the previous hip replacement has to be taken out and a new hip replacement has to be uh, has to be put in
0: okay and and would that have the same shelf life as the first one
1: uh, no, so it's, it's a much different procedure uh, both, for the, uh, both for the surgeon and for the patient. Uh, and it takes, uh, you know, the, the function after a revision hip replacement may not be the same uh, as, uh, as, um, as, the, as the initial hip replacement. Mm. Uh, and the lifespan, again, also decreases. And there's a slightly increased risk of, of, of complications uh, after a revision hip replacement. So, so really, we, we, you know, we're trying to avoid doing hip replacements until, you know, until until the time is right. Okay. What, uh,
0: what, what, what's the rehab time for, um, again, typical rehab time for, uh, for this kind of surgery?
1: So the typical rehabilitation phase after total hip replacement, you would be typically in, in a hospital for three or four days. Uh, uh, you, uh, on crutches for four to six weeks. But to, to complete the rehabilitation in terms of getting full uh, uh, strength back into your hip muscles and getting full uh, mobility back can take up to about six months after the, uh, after the uh, procedure.
0: Okay, uh, anybody I know who's had a hip or a knee replacement said that it was life-changing and the quality of life after uh, versus before uh, there's no comparison. It really is like a new lease of life.
1: Correct. And that's that's why it's one of the, it's it's the most common elective procedure in the UK and in Ireland in terms of of improving a uh, uh, quality of life it's the most commonly performed uh, 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 elective uh, surgical uh, procedure for patients choose to have. Surgery to, uh, to improve their quality of life
0: with amongst uh, the highest levels of of uh, of good outcomes as well of course. Okay, listen. listen thank you so much for your time, sir. Uh, that's Professor uh, Joseph Quigley there, who is a consultant trauma and orthopaedic surgeon at the Beacon Hospital. He's been uh, joining us on the couch here in News Talk, talking about hip replacements. <laughs>